City. It's your man, Big Pat, the voice of your Charlotte Hornets. And you're listening to the All Hornets Podcast Network, presented by Sports Illustrated. Everybody Googles everything, especially potential customers or employers, and a business or personal online reputation can make or break you. If negative search results or reviews are impacting you, Webamax is here to help. Our proven process restores your online reputation quickly and effectively, and it matters. Don't let negative results control your narrative. Visit GoWebamax.com and fill out a brief confidential form to see how we can help. Remember, if you aren't paying attention to your online reputation, someone else is. GoWebamax.com before history is written it's played before it's frozen in time it's fought one shift at a time before it's etched in silver it's carved in ice what happens next will last forever The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. You are listening to the Hornets and Heartbreak podcast on the All Hornets Podcast Network. One podcast feed with multiple shows making sure we cover the Charlotte Hornets from every angle. If you like what you hear, please subscribe on Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star review. The All Hornets Podcast is affiliated with a Fans First Sports Podcast group. On today's show, we get a little bit dark uh, given the news of the recent Lamelo Ball injury. We discuss all the implications um, and what this means for the Charlotte Hornets for the rest of the season. If you're looking for somebody to say that the Hornets are going to make the playoffs this season, it's probably not the right podcast for you. But if you're looking for some realistic takes on the uh, outlook for the Hornets for the rest of the season, stay tuned. If you have an answer for Tim's question at the beginning of the podcast, uh, why are you a Charlotte Hornets fan? Email us at hornetsandheartbreak at gmail.com or send us a message on Twitter or Instagram at Hornets Podcast. Let us know your story. Maybe we'll share it on the next episode. Enjoy. Hello and welcome to the Hornets and Heartbreak Podcast. My name is Mark Bernacki and I'm here with my co-host, Tim Rogers. What's up, Tim? What did you liquor, Mark? I'm doing pretty bad, man. How, how are you doing, Tim? You know what? I'm also doing pretty bad. I have to say, um, no, you know, self-flagellation or anything, but um, I'm really, I'm disappointed. I'm upset. I'm just kind of, I'm bummed out. I'm heartbroken, I guess you could say. Um, when my, when people hear about the podcast, they say, the first question is always, why do you do a podcast about the Hornets? And it's always just seemed like second nature to me. It's like, why would you not? Um, the first basketball game I ever went to was Hornets versus Knicks. Uh, Jamal Crawford put on a show and I fell in love with basketball. Something I did with my family. And it was like, it's, it's a way to communicate to, you know, people that you don't know. 
if you go to a job for the first day and you don't know anyone, there's one person there that's going to be a Hornets fan and you kind of gravitate towards it. And it's a sanctuary that you get to go to three times a week and you enjoy the ups and the downs. One of my favorite games of all time was seeing Steven Jackson get the first triple double in Hornets history against the Phoenix Suns, 24, 10 and 10. Um, And it's just lived with me forever. I went, you know, with some friends and I did that and it stuck. It stuck. Like it was so captivating. I just love basketball so much. And then a week like this happens where LaMelo goes down after we have our starting five healthy for the first time in over 500 days. And LaMelo tweaks his ankle on a questionable play uh, midway through the second quarter. And then I just, Caitlin, who, you know, Caitlin's corner, my girlfriend, she asked, said, Tim, why do you do this? And I didn't have an answer right away. And that kind of bummed me out. It's like, I love talking about the Hornets. I love doing it. But there are certain times where it's like, I enjoy it. I'm a masochist. But this is one of those times where I was like, why can we not just have a month of competence? I like, I've recognized, like when I was nine years old, I realized I was like, well, you know, if I ever got Hornet or like season tickets, we'd never win the championship, but I could see the games. So I know that we're never win the championship. But why can't we just be the sixth seed, like, one time in my life? Is that too much to ask for, Mark? Oh, man, that was that was beautiful. Uh, and no, I don't think it's too much to ask for. Tim, you know, I, the reason why it's more fun to pull for the Hornets is we will be the sixth seed one day, Tim. It might not be this year. It probably won't be next year. It probably won't be the year after that. But one day, Tim, we will be the sixth seed. Can me, I? And me and you can go to a bar, and we can watch the game, and we can cry. We can cry together. And we and we will. So I wanted to ask you this: like, I see, I just somehow ended up following a bunch of like Sixer fans, Celtic fans, like on Twitter, and they're just like, "Oh, it's so annoying. Oh, we only won by eight points." Oh, Tyrese Baxi didn't get enough shots. Oh, Derek White was out. I, I've been trying to parse this because the Panthers have also had a horrible week. You know, Mark and I, we'll start our Panthers podcast in like three years. But I'm kind of okay with it. But like, I'm just so tired of just feeling pain all the time about something that generally does not matter. But yeah. it matters to me, and I just I like I think about like the 2015 years with the Panthers. Um, 2015, I was a senior in high school. We went to the Super Bowl, and that Super Bowl. Ever since then, my dad just hasn't watched a Panthers game. He's just been out. He saw it, and he was like, "I'm done." And I felt that pain, and like that pain does stick with me. And I've been trying to parse it out. It's like, is it better to be like very close? and then get let down or is it better to be like the Hornets and like have low expectations? And my answer is they both suck. (laughs) It's awful, dude. Like it's not fun. 
when it's, you know, it, it's not even December and we're just like, okay, the team is cooked. Yeah. And obviously the Panthers are in a worse situation, but it's like, I, you know, like the Celtics fans, they, they complain. It's like you, these people don't understand what it is. You just have dirt kicked in your face over for and so over. long. Yeah, we this talked. This is like the only time I've ever got like emotional on the podcast. I am like, I'm worn out. I'm beat. Yeah, no, I, I think, I think it's reached that point. And, um, I mean, we reached this point last year too, uh, where we were like, all right, but at least we had, well, at least we had the lottery to look forward to. That shit is like sixty-seven games away. So. Um, yeah, when I was in Boston, man, that was one of the things that just annoyed me the most is there's a Boston fan sitting there like Jason Tatum missed that free throw. We're paying him 40 million a year. I'm like, dude, he's the sixth best player in the NBA. Like, of course you're paying him that much money. Yes. He missed a free throw. Are you going to, what are you going to do? <laughs> are you going to go cry about this missed free throw? Try being <laughs> a Hornets fan. That was the best night of the year, Tim. That was the best night of the year for us. Is Lamelo was back, uh, playing really well. Things were looking good. We got our we got our hopes up a little bit, Tim. We messed up, um, and yeah, right back right back down to earth. Where where like we a, a meta question is like, would you rather have a season where your hopes never get up, or would you rather have your hopes stomped out? Okay, I mean, I think the most fun year we've had. Has got to be, it's got to be Lamelo's rookie year, right? Um, that second year oh, was also, I was was also second. very fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, on the podcast, it was it was one of those two years where I like the future was just so bright. Um, and I am gonna bring it da- back down to back down to reality here. I think I think you are a little bit too too low. There are some things to be excited about. But the things to be excited about, Tim, are much worse than the average uh, NBA. <laughs> that's, that's a fact. How about, do you want to pitch me on something to be excited about? Yeah. Yeah, I got you. Um, I mean, I think we should we should dive into what's causing this pain kind of first. Uh, and let's, let's stay dark for just a little bit longer. Um, on, you know, the most recent – or the Magic game – Lamelo got a ankle strain, is what it was called. But Champ Sharania came out and said it was a serious sprain, and he's expected to miss a significant amount of time. I don't know exactly what that looks like. The guesses out there on on Twitter are pretty ranging, but like four weeks, one and a half months, something like that. So he's going to miss a significant chunk of time. And for me, and I think for probably like all Hornets fans. Uh, there's a realization that, that should come with this, and it's that Lamelo has like weak ankles, and this is not a like a problem that seems to really be going away. Um, there was like optimism that okay, he had an off season, he had an ankle surgery, that okay, maybe this won't be an issue again. The fact that it's bubbling up, I think, you know, it's it's not randomness. It's not randomness anymore. Uh, that that is like kind of ruled out. It's it's uh, definitely like a significant issue with health and the fact that his ankles get get sprained every every few few weeks. Um, on October eleventh, twenty twenty two, Lamelo got a grade two left ankle sprain, missed the first thirteen games of the year. On November sixteenth, a month later, three games into his return, he stepped on a fan's foot, re injured the left ankle. 
on January 18th. He had the same left ankle stepped on in a game and missed three games. That was like a minor sprain. At the end of February, he fractured his right ankle, causing him to miss the rest of the season and have that off-season surgery. And now it's the right ankle again. It's a serious sprain. So that's like five ankle injuries in a row. You know, before it was his wrist, his rookie season, his second year, he was he was pretty healthy. But this is five ankle injuries, like basically within a year. And it's time for Hornets fans and LaMelo Ball and Hornets staff to realize like, this is not just like a random ankle sprain, like randomness happening. Okay, the stepping on fans foot, like that was bad luck. But it's not just bad luck. It's an issue. Um, and it's something that needs to be addressed with physical therapy, with ankle braces, with uh, weightlifting. He needs to get stronger because this is the thing that's holding him back the most at this point. It's not his play on the court. His play on the court this year, well, I mean, we can nitpick it, but but that's not what's holding him back. What's holding him back is his ankles and strengthening his ankles. So yeah, it's just kind of a moment of like realization that this this is not going away. If he comes back uh, too quickly, if he comes back even moderately quickly, like odds are he's going to sprain his ankle again. Let's just look at the facts. Like it's happened five times in the past year. It seems like it's going to happen again without like some serious changes. The good news, Tim, is that this is not um, it's not his brother. It's not it's not Lonzo Ball. This is not irreparable or uh, irreparable like. There's things he can do to fix this um, and to to stop having these injuries. Not like 100%, but Steph Curry notoriously had extremely weak ankles at the beginning of his career. What he did was he strengthened his body. He strengthened his hips. He wore ankle braces. He learned how to run with ankle braces. Um, And he got his deadlift from 200 to 400 pounds. This is like a weird thing. Uh, with the body, but like your hips and your core being stronger actually makes your ankle stronger. So Curry got in the gym, uh, doubled his deadlift um, and no longer has significant issues with his ankles. He still tweaks it like every once in a while, but not the consistency that he had when he was like a twig uh, in his early years. So the bright side is that there's a way to change it. Lamello and the Hornets training staff has to really focus on it. It's not something that's going to just go away. They have to really fix uh, fix it and focus on it. And it's not going to happen this this season. Like it's it's like a year long process to get to the get to the point where you're not going to have these issues again. But uh, that's that's the bright side is that I think it's very apparent now. Is it? And and he could and he could address it. I don't view it as much the bright side. Like yes, yeah, like you know, it's like a an issue that could be solved. But you know what? The issue was apparent last year. I don't know about you, Mark. If I go like, you know, sometimes a tire pops. It happens. And you know what? I go to a used tire dealership on an unnamed road and I get it repaired. And you know what? If I went there five times in the last year and my tires popped every time, you know what I would do? I would go to a different dealership. Mm-hmm. LaMelo was using the ankle braces and did comment and say, oh, man, it was kind of uncomfortable, even though, like, yes, it takes multiple practices. I got to say, loser mentality. Yeah. And honestly, it's not just his fault. The training staff 
and a competent team would have said, hey, let's make sure you actually just stick with this. Maybe miss the first, miss the Hawks game at the beginning of the season. Miss the Pistons game. Like, just sit out the first four games. Get comfortable. I don't know about you. If I paid or, like, you know, if I doled out a contract and LaMelo earned the contract, to be clear, um, but, you know, if you give someone a Supermax, I would probably be like, hey, man, maybe wear ankle braces. Hmm. Yeah, no, no. I mean, he definitely needs he definitely needs to wear them and he needs to do the strength training. Um, and it's it like I like that you pointed out that it's not completely on him. He is only 22. Like, I, I don't know about you, but I didn't realize like the importance of like health and shit until a couple of years ago. I started paying attention, paying attention to all these health things. I'm not a basketball player, though. It should, it should come quicker when you're a professional basketball player. That's definitely true. Um, if someone was like, hey, Mark, I will pay you $250 million <laughs> to play chess, you'd probably be like, all right. Yeah, I think it's like some some NBA players, the best NBA players, have this realization at some point that like, oh, taking care of my body is extremely important. Look at the Giannis, Giannis transformation. Look at LeBron James. Look at Steph Curry, right? They're all like incredibly in shape and incredibly aware of things to do to improve their body. LaMelo has not gotten there yet, and he may never get there. Um, but he is only 22, and I have to point also, out. He's, he's only 22. It's his fourth year in the league, though. Like, LeBron, like, there was the question, like, when he came back to Cleveland, they were like, okay, like, you know, you're a little too heavy. It's causing issues to your back. LeBron did take two weeks off, kind of suspicious. Maybe did some some HGH. But either way, <laughs> he adapted to his body. Like, it'd be one thing if, like, LaMelo had gained, like, 25 pounds of muscle since his rookie year. But it's like, you know what? I'm a little tired of it. The dude is just putting up jump shots during the summer. And I hate to be, like, a cranky old man about this. But it's like, what are you doing? Mm. What are yeah. you, like... His rookie contract, like, is up after the season. It's like, okay, there's nothing to show for it. And that is a fact. He's a yeah. good player, but he is responsible for some of this stuff. And, like, he's the best player on the team. You sign the Supermax contract, rookie extension, not the full Supermax, I should be clear. But it's like, dude, take a little bit of accountability. Hit the gym. Yeah. Yeah, hit the gym. Yep. Improve, improve your hips, improve your angle strength. I mean, I completely agree with you. I, I just, like, am not as hard on him, like, last year. Because, like, it was the left ankle for three three injuries, and then it was a right ankle fracture. Like, you can in your head be like, oh, this never happened to me before. Like, this is just, like, randomness. I stepped on the fan's foot, blah, blah, blah. But now it's extremely clear that he needs to change it. And, I mean, Steph Curry, dude, it did take him a few years. It took him a few years of a lot of ankle injuries. I saw somewhere, I mean, I don't, I don't, I didn't fact check this at all, but 17 ankle sprains in his NBA career for Steph Curry. Lamelo's had five. Um, and so he's on, he's on track for, for more than Curry. If he, if he just keeps playing and does nothing. Um, but I think that, you know, he has to realize that the number, again, the number one thing holding him back, he has improved as a basketball player. He had a very good 10 game stretch. Like we were super excited about his basketball play. But the number one thing holding him back is just his body and his injuries. And he needs he needs to take a serious interest in it. Stop stop shooting so many jump shots. Like you're saying, don't don't be in the in the basketball gym that's taking the easy way out. Like you have to do these things that are not as much fun. 
Um, and, and coming with some muscle, you're exactly right. Like we've said that every off season, why has he not like gained any muscle? It, it'll also help him finishing inside. Um, it'll also help him, you know, like as a better defender, there, there are other things that it'll do if he gets a little bit stronger, but, but the main thing is just not getting injured every, every 15 games. Yeah. Which I feel like is a attainable bar. And like that being said, Love LaMelo. I mean, one of the best shooters in the NBA, most creative playmakers. He was just on the best streak of his career. So, like, I'm not saying, like, he is clearly working very hard in the offseason. I mean, he was just putting up 32, 7, and 9 on, like, 67% true shooting. Those are MVP-level numbers. So, like, obviously he's working hard. And, like, I do think – I'm not trying to say, like, oh, it's his fault. I'm not victim-blaming. He is a – it's a circumstance of just, you know, improper stuff happens. It happens. It happens. It still sucks, man. Yeah. It is not even December. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Hopefully Terry Rozier can hold it together. Newsflash. <laughs> it's not going to happen. Yeah. 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 And I've seen some people like, can the Hornets keep it together until LaBella gets back? It's like, Maybe, maybe there's like a chance, but what are we keeping it together for? We're already five and 12. Like the team is already behind. What are they going to, if they go 500 for the next, next month, what does that put us at? 10, 10 and 17. Like, uh, it's, it's not, it's not third easiest schedule to start the season. Man, our December schedule is brutal. Yeah. Yeah, you listed it off earlier. I mean, it, it is very brutal. West Coast trip. Um, okay, let's let's try to be a little. Let's try to be like a little bit uh less negative. This is this is the honest truth. We are Hornets and Heartbreak. We we keep it real on this podcast. And I know I know James and Chase just released an episode on Lamella's injury before this, but that was like when it was potentially an ankle strain, and it was potentially like only a few games. This is a like real like now like we have the real news. It's going to be longer, um, and just kind of a reality check uh, for for all Hornets fans out there. This podcast is brought to you by AllHornets.com, a credentialed Charlotte Hornets outlet powered by Sports Illustrated. AllHornets.com's aim is to bring you 360 degree coverage on all things Charlotte Hornets, from breaking news, rumors, fan Q and A's, and in depth analysis. AllHornets.com covers it all, and nobody does it better. Tim, I have I have a galaxy brain take. Um, in, in a in a vacuum, um, you're playing 2K, or you're just trying to optimize for Hornets' future success. I think he just shouldn't play the rest of the season. I I think he should just take the entire season to work on his ankle, work on his strength training, work on getting a better body, because I think that the realistic thing that's going to happen is he's going to come back from this injury and he's going to sprain his ankle again by the end of the year. Um, I galaxy again, this is a galaxy brain take. Like, I don't believe that this is what they're going to do with like entertaining fans and ticket sales. I don't think it's like really what they should do, but if you're trying just to have the best team possible next year or the year after, uh, yeah. I think he just shouldn't play, and they should they should tank, and they should let Lamel, uh, let Brandon Miller play uh, heavy minutes, get a lot of on ball experience, 
and just let LaMelo work, work on his body. I agree with that. I mean, like, I do think it's a wild take, but also like realistically what's going to happen is like, okay, he's going to come back after six weeks. Okay. The first game would be against the Miami heat. Oh, that's not great. So he'll struggle against them, bounce back the next two games, hurt his ankle again. And you know, like you talk about like, it is a financial thing, which I understand where like, you know, they just bought the team. They do want to, ticket revenue i'm not sure how it works on you know like non like direct um sales but you have to think about it like okay so we'll have 18 home games more like you know once once he's back what is that like an extra lamello adds three dollars per ticket the stadium is normally 75 percent full it's like what do you make like an extra like ten thousand a game just hoping LaMelo gets back. It's like, dude, if you're a billionaire, $10,000, like, dude, just sit it out. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot more complicated than that. People will not watch the Hornets now. Like no, nobody will watch the Hornets now on TV. I think it's, I think it is like a somewhat substantial amount of money. It also sends like a bad image to the fans. I like, would, I would, I would argue against that because the Bally sports contract is going to be up soon after the season. Um, they're not waiting the game specifically. They're not like, okay, you got a 1.2, you know, like in the ratings. Like, it's not like a Nielsen score. Dude, the season is cooked. It's cooked. Yeah. Yeah. You can, I mean, you can hold on to your chance that the Hornets are the 10 seed. Um, I'm with you, Tim. I'm with you. The season's well, cooked. I guess, uh, I guess I should say there is a chance that, I mean, Miles Bridges has looked, you know, up to par. And Gordon Hayward has shot, I think, like 28% in the last six games. So there's a chance, like, he bounces back to normal. It's like, okay, like, you kind of, like, go, you know, slightly under 500. He comes back. But, I mean, why could we not just be honest with ourselves? Hmm. Yeah. This team is not. It's it's just not happening. The East is too good. It's not happening this year. And the, you brought this up point up or brought, brought this point up earlier on the phone where the roster construction of this team also uh, should be heavily questioned. We've talked about the lack of a back backup point guard before. And it's like when your starting point guard only played 36 games last year, why is there no backup point guard? And the whole, again, the Terry Rozier, I love him as a shooting guard. I love him as a spot up shooter. He is not a point guard. He he can be a combo guard if, if you want to call him that. He can pass the ball a little bit, but he is not a point guard. Um, and he is not a good enough scorer to just be running the show. It does not work when Terry Rozier is running the offense. Um, and that is not a slight against Terry. It's just it's just not not a thing. Um it's a bad reality. I mean, yeah, it's it's a reality check. And and there's no backup point guard on the team. Like there's just there's just none. Teo Maladon is not very good. Ish Smith just was retired. Um, James Booknight hasn't played meaningful minutes on this team ever, uh, and is not a point guard. There there's no point guard on the team. So yeah, it's it's not gonna work. Um, yeah, the the reasons for hope, Tim, are are <laughs> can I, can I, one yeah. one subject. I feel like the only reason we don't really rile against Cupcheck, it almost seems like elder abuse. <laughs> because he is, you know, he's like the oldest GM. It's like, 
But realistically, so his game plan was like, okay, yeah, I know our point guard just missed half the year with ankle injuries. Okay, so what do you do in the offseason? Um, just hope that Miles Bridges comes back. It's like, no, you sign a point guard. Mm. You sign a point guard, like, and then, okay, our backup center, we got Nick Richards locked up. That should be good. Okay, what if he gets hurt? So it's LaMelo and Ish Smith at backup point guard, Teo Maldon, and your boy, um, Sumner, who did not, you know, make the official roster. And then it's center. It is only Mark Williams and Nick Richards. So that is four players on a 15-man roster. The other 11 players, it's like, how do you not possibly have, like, a plethora of wings? Like, you can't just, like, fall ass backwards into, like, a good draft pick at some point. And, like, McGowan's is fine. But, like, if you're going to go that hardcore, I would, like, at least the Raptors a couple of years ago, like, they had eight guys that were 6'7". What mm. what are we doing? Yeah, I, I don't know, man. We have Brandon Miller. This is the bright spot. All right, I'm taking I'm taking it back back to the good side. Uh, we have Brandon Miller. He is the third best rookie in the NBA at this moment. But uh, with the recent Lamelo injury, I think he's about to take over and start averaging 25 a game. Um, I don't believe that, but I'm trying to talk myself into it. And uh, he he has looked pretty good through. The first 17 games uh, is a major bright spot on this team. And I think like all eyes are on him, Mark Williams, Miles Bridges um, to kind of lead the way. You talked briefly about Gordon Hayward. One implication of this injury that was already implied earlier is that Gordon Hayward is going to be traded by the end of the year, I would say. Yeah, you're like, I would hope so. Cupcheck's track history is kind of like, okay, well, you know, they might leave him free agency. We might re-sign them. It's like he could have traded Kemba for, like, the pick that became Tyrese Maxey. And, you know, obviously we wouldn't have picked Tyrese Maxey. That's a false equivalency. But, like, Tyrese Maxey and, like, Mark Hill Fultz. But instead it's like, okay, luckily we got Terry Rozier. It's like he just lets Kelly Oubre walk for nothing. Like all these guys, like why don't you like be proactive? And like Gordy is one of those guys who I kind of I I like him. Like I root for him. Like seems like a nice guy. He's kind of put up some stuff. His wife, meh. But um, yeah, it's like man, like you know, we'll trade him to the Sixers. It's a deadline, and like sweet man, we got the twenty seventh pick. You know, would have been really cool if Mitch Kupchak hit any of the lottery picks after Lamelo Ball. What we pretty much got from that, we got James Booknight and Kai Jones, miss, miss. In between them were Alfred Sengun, Trey Murphy, Tari, Tari Eason. And then, you know, the next year, we got Mark Williams' 15th pick, good value. Traded the 13th pick for what became Nick Smith Jr., who did look very nice last night. But you know what would have been really cool? AJ Griffin, like maybe we could have just done that. Who, like, these guys were clearly in our space. So we had four picks between 10 and 20, and we came away with one player. It's just like a fireable offense. It's unacceptable. I don't think it's possible for me to bring this to the bright side today, Tim. I'm just going to let you cook. No, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> I didn't, I didn't get I'm talking to you like you're Mitch Kupchak and like, I'm railing on you. I'm just like, 
I've been trying to make a bright side of that for like a year and a half, and it is just unfathomable how bad it then like so pretty much for two years straight, we were like, Well, I hope Miles Bridges comes back and like doesn't continue to wild out. But it's like get a backup point guard. Like what what is this? Like, why are we living in the middle ages of yeah. NBA teams? Like we have a superstar in the making and we had like complimentary pieces and they were Jordan was pretty much just like, no, I don't want to have to like pay a little more for the 13th pick. Let's push it back next year. It's just like, it's, it's not, not even necessarily cup checks fault. It's an ownership thing, but this just comes back to the initial question of like, why are you a Hornets fan? Yes. Like I personally, I love it. I love the team. I will never abandon them in any way. But it is just like a logical thing of like, if someone asks you like, why are you a Hornets fan? It's like, I don't know. (laughs) I'm stuck. It's like, (laughs) like I'm in North Korea, like at a certain point, like, and I will never abandon them. I would never root for another team. I love them. But like, it is fair to ask questions like, why? Like, why? Like, did I do something wrong in a past life? It's like, why am I having to talk myself into PJ Washington just not sucking every second game? Like, why Why do we deserve that? <laughs> I'm going to bring it back to what I said at the top. I think it's that, uh, Tim, when we do become the sixth seed, me and you are going to go to the game. All right. And we're going to watch and we're going to cry when we lose by 10. But we're going to have a good time when the Hornets make the playoffs in two years. I don't think there's anything else to be said. That's it. This is the Hornets reality check. Uh, And enjoy the next game against the Nets uh, where we get to watch Brandon Miller and James Booknight and Mark Williams. Uh, (laughs) Like, like, like as negatives I have been, like, dude, Brandon Miller looks like, you know, like, maybe not, like, potentially superstar. He has exceeded expectations. Like, I love the feel for the game. Gordon is not going to be as bad. Miles is back. Like, this team is not going to go like, you know, two and 16 without LaMelo or anything. It's just like, a, it, it is just disappointing. So I do want to say like, there is hope. I'm sorry to be so negative, but I really unleashed. Sorry. I had a long day at work. <laughs> Dude, no, the, the hope, the thing that's, that's depressing is that the hope is just, it's not this year. It's not this year. We thought it might be this year and it's not, it's definitely not. So that's, that's depressing, but the there is still hope for next season that but any any Hornets fan who's still thinking like that Lamelo could come back and then we could make it to the sixth seat it's not gonna happen that's that's not gonna happen this year, dude. How how pumped are you once we get that uh, second pick and Cupcheck still has six days on his contract for the draft and he's like sweet I'm gonna trade the second pick in the draft. For 18 second rounders, dude. Think how many Cody Martins, how many Bryce McGowan's I can get, dude. Yeah, yeah. Nah, we the other the other bright side is that we're gonna get a good lottery pick. We didn't even we didn't even talk about that, but um, I mean, this is not a particularly stacked class. But you and I had a discussion about this earlier. I don't really like believe in in NBA scouts these these days. Like they just often get get whether or not a draft class is stacked or, or not incorrect. The Edwards, Ball, Halliburton, Maxi draft was apparently a terrible draft class, and it's actually quite quite a good one. Yeah, see, we just, 
just look forward to that. And I'm sure we won't draft the James Wiseman of that class. No. And next podcast, we'll have some like real Hornets discussion. This was just a little, a uh, little bit of Hornets therapy. I think that's exactly what James and Chase called their episode, but uh, yeah, it was necessary to do it twice. Um, Tim, what do you have for media corner? <sighs> for media corner, um, kind of akin to this week. Uh, my big album has been uh, from the, I believe, Philadelphia band, uh, Joyce Maynard album called Never Hung Over Again. It is 10 tracks, 19 minutes, and it is pretty much about scumbags running out of cigarettes and being like, why do I have so many regrets about my life? And that's just kind of how I feel about the Hornet season. Nice. What you got? Nice. I got nothing. Um, I'm just going to uh, maybe start watching like a little bit more League Pass. This is a sponsorship for NBA League Pass. Uh, now, now that the Hornets are going to be not so much watchable. Um, <laughs> yeah. Next week, check into Thunder and Heartbreaks. <laughs> All right, Tim. Uh, it's been real, kind of. <laughs> it's been real. I love you, buddy. Be right. safe. We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. Please.